while the storm clouds gather. Far across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us all be Good, good way to start our service today, and trust that uh, you know your your heart is blessed. And uh, we got wonderful music, obviously, from a set of lungs that knows how to, to bellow it out. So, uh, but we welcome you here, and glad your presence today. We welcome those who are, are viewing uh, via uh, live as well through Facebook and other means. We thank you for being present today, and trust that our time together will be uplifting, encouraging as we worship together in spirit and in truth. And recognize that uh, the Lord is good. And uh, tell that person, Eric, that they need to be in church. 
But anyway, uh, but anyway, <laughs> God bless you today. So let's, uh, let's worship in spirit and truth, and uh, let's celebrate uh, all the freedoms we have uh, in the Lord this day.
Shouting, crucified Could have come from these lips of mine The dirty shame was killing me You take a miracle to wash me morning, guys. I want to bring a message that's entitled, uh, you know, what is freedom? I preached a message very, very close to this once before, a couple of years ago, but this one's a little bit different twist, found in Psalm 32. And as we think about freedom, I want you to think about synonymous to freedom today, that one word called reconciliation. 
And when you think about freedom, I want you to, I want you to think about what it means to understand freedom in Christ as well as to understand what it means to be reconciled to Christ. And the two together, uh, you, you can't have reconciliation without freedom and you can't have freedom without reconciliation. And you look at Psalm 32, it is a Psalm that David penned and you know, knowing David's life, he had, he had come to a point in which he was at the pinnacle of his career or as kingship for the entire nation, leading the people not only physically in conquest, but leading them spiritually because he was, he was trying to get the, the, the nation back focused on God. And there was problems, obviously, with that. And then something happened in David's life. And as a result of that, he sinned and he, he fell off that pinnacle. And he found himself tasting mud for the first time of his life. He found himself uh, crawling on the belly of the ground because he, he tumbled very, very hard because of the choices that he made with Bathsheba as well as killing an innocent man and etc. And in Psalm 32, we see a psalm much like Psalm 51 and Psalm 39. All three of those psalms are wrapped up in the fact that David found freedom back in God. But it was all because of one thing he did and he got to a point to where he placed his life ever so gently, but ever so reverently before God and says, God, I have sinned. And that was the, it was the end of, end of the statement. It was a period. It wasn't a comma. It wasn't a dot, dot, dot. Let me continue. It was, I have sinned against you. And as a result of that, David would find freedom. And I, I, I dare say today that each one of us in this very room and each person who's listening at home and wherever you are today, I guarantee you that if you want to find freedom, you can find it, but it's going to happen only by the fact of what you say to God. And so freedom in Psalm 32, let's look at Psalm 32. It's actually titled in many... Uh, translations as the joy of forgiveness. How happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How happy is the man that the Lord does not charge with sin and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long, for night and day your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. You took away the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you at a time that you may be found. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. My eye on you. I will counsel you. Do not be like the horse or the mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle, or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. 
You know, you look at, you listen to that psalm, it becomes a song of, of very delicate issues to a song of praise in the end. And so the question is, how can you and how can I have freedom? Now, I know in the country we live, we celebrate it. We, we hear the song that inspires us about God bless America. We see things that, that you know, vividly this morning on the screen. We saw uh, the reminders of the country we live in. And we know those freedoms compared to all other countries around the world. We understand the freedoms. Many countries are still trying to imitate this country when it comes to those type freedoms and democracy. And all those things are good. But we're not talking about a nation of democracy here. We're not talking about freedom politically. We're not talking about freedom to enjoy all the things that we so, you know, graciously enjoy every day of our life. We're talking about the freedom that comes in Christ. And how does that happen? It happens for one, one way, and we'll get into the details of those ways in just a moment. Look, think of this for just a moment. In Psalm 32, it spells out what one can do to experience real freedom within and a walk that will be clean and pure. Now, let's put the two together, which becomes the theme for the day. And it is the fact that, that you and I uh, understand freedom and where does it come from and what's the result of that freedom. And it goes back to being clean and pure. Now, how many of you have worked outside and you're, you're sweaty, your hands are dirty, you've pulled weeds, you've done, you've done all sorts of things. You've cut the grass, you've trimmed the tree, bushes, all the, and, you, and you look at yourself, and you, you're dirt, you're dirty, you're dirty. You want to go in and do what? Clean yourself up. And you go in, you take a nice cool shower, you, you scrub, you come out of the shower, and then you realize, ah, squeaky clean. Well, that same refreshment, that you and I have together when we I mean, experience as, as we take baths physically, we're talking about a cleanliness that happens on the inside. And that's when someone stands up and are able to face themselves in the mirror and say, praise God for all from, from whom all blessings flow. Praise God for, for what he has done to me. Psalm 32 gives us some of those things of what you and I, and this is the formula for the day. The formula is this, forgiveness plus restoration equals freedom. Forgiveness plus restoration equals freedom. And it comes back, now where does restoration come from? It comes from reconciliation. It comes to a point where someone says to God, God, I have sinned, I'm dirty, and this is my life, and I need help, I need, I need to be cleaned up, I need that refreshment. I need to stand before you uh, totally exposed and everything that I know about myself, I know that you already know that and I stand here and I say, God, help me to be clean. In that type of request, guess what's happening? The soul of that person is being reconciled unto the purity and the cleanliness and the holiness of God the Father. And so 
if you are dealing with guilt of any sorts, or if you're dealing with anything that's out of kilter in your life, it just may be that you and I together can conclude that we've got to confess it before God. We've got to request it. We've asked, we, we must ask Him to scrub us clean, to pour all the shampoo He needs to pour into us, to clean us up, so that we can stand before Him pure and clean. And in the process, we'll understand reconciliation. You know, recently I, I stood with an individual and sometimes you share personal stories, you know, when you feel like it's appropriate and sometimes you know when not to because it just may not be received. And, and I was telling the story basically of how I needed some reconciliation in my own heart in life well over 10 years ago and was standing in the very spot that this person was standing when it happened. And I just looked at him and said, I, for some reason, I feel compelled to tell you a very personal story. And I promise you, I don't tell this story to strangers, but I'm going to tell you this story. And I told the story of how I reached into my heart and I stood on the seashore and I threw it, threw it out. And I asked God to, to just fill me with his spirit clean me up from the inside out and, and I just, just wanted to, to have the sense that, that my connection with God was, was just as um, personal and powerful than it ever had been and complete stranger I'm talking to and all of a sudden they pour out their heart and confess all kinds of things that just, you know, I, I tell, I, I say this, there's nothing that anybody really can tell me to shock me, but I was shocked. Every time I say that, I find myself shocked, and I just listened, and I said, thank you, Lord. Something's happening again on the seashore, and this person is going to understand at the end of this confession, a hallelujah is getting ready to happen, and they're going to understand restoration, they're going to understand freedom, and they're going to understand reconciliation. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I watched the dirtiness of that individual become clean right before my eyes and watched God do something miraculous. And that's what happens when a soul confesses to God. Miracles happen. Something happens just like we heard in the song just a moment ago, red letter, the miracle happens on the inside. And the Spirit of God fills that person and they understand from that feeling that there is purity and cleanliness and there is restoration, there is reconciliation as that person now is crying back out to God and understands relationship or fellowship once again with God. And when that happens, freedom is experienced. The prison doors are open, the chains are loosed, and freedom happens completely. And they're able to stand back before God and before themselves and say, I understand this relationship that I'm in. I understand that God is holy and I am not and I need His holiness injected into the DNA of who I am. 
I need God to, to fill me every day with his spirit and to push out all that old nature within me so that he can keep feeding the new nature within me, the spirit of the living God. Let me give you four ways on how to come clean. Four ways on how to come clean right from the text of Psalm 32. In verses 1 through 4, you know, David says, you know, how happy is the person who stands before God and knows that their transgressions are forgiven. How, you know, how much rejoicing there is knowing that the sin is covered, covered by the blood of Christ. How happy is the person that the Lord says, I'm no longer going to hold that sin against you. I'm going to wipe it clean. I'm going to remove it as far as the east is from the west. And whose spirit there is no deceit as you stand before God and you say, this is it. It's all I am. It's wonderful when you look at that psalm and you realize that there's no way that you can become silent anymore. And you say to God, God, I give you everything that's within me. And, and, the, and even if it takes all day long in your groanings, you get it out. And you say to God that, that, that you give me strength when I am drained. That you understand who I am. And when I cast all my cares and my burdens and my sins in confession to you, I realize the release and relief that I have. So number one is the silence of conviction. You see, that Psalm 32 verses 1 through 4 is all about the conviction that happens in a person's life. It's all about that conviction that when we realize that, that, that we are who we are and there's nothing we can do in our own power to, to get rid of the uncleanliness of our life, it's the silence of conviction that says, what can I do? It's the silence of conviction realizing that, that, that my bones are aching because all the way down to the depth of my being and all of a sudden you realize I've got to get it out. And I watched this lady get it out and I watched the, the angels of God attend to her right there in my very eyes. And I watched the cleanliness happen as she confessed everything that was happening to her and happened to, uh, around her and things that she had done. And I just stood back and I was smiling on the inside. I was dancing a little bit extra. I was walking six feet off the ground and I was saying, God, something special's happening right here in Myrtle Beach. On this beach, something's happening and I cannot describe it, but I know what's happening. Freedom is happening. Reconciliation is happening. Confession is happening. And your spirit is inundating this young lady and I'm watching miracle take place. Beautiful. When someone says, I cannot, I can no longer be silent of this guilt and conviction in my life. You see, David got to that point to where they, he, he had to get it out. He had to say to God, God, I can't live this way anymore. I can no longer be chained. I, I can no longer be a person that, 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 that wants to hide my face. I want to be able to look into your shining face and realize that I have, I have 
the joy of fellowship with the holy God. But second of all, you see the sorrow of confession. And this is when it gets to the nitty-gritty in verse 5. He says, you know, I acknowledge you, God. I, I've come to my point and I acknowledge the fact that, that my sin needs to, to no longer be concealed. The iniquities of my life no longer needs to be hidden. And he says, I confess them to you and I give you all the guilt of my sin. It's almost like you, 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 you're drowning and you need someone to throw you a life lifeline so that you can get out of that, that drowning situation. You no longer want to gurgle on the water. You want to walk on top of it. And all of a sudden, when you make that confession, you realize like Peter, man, I'm walking on the water. I'm experiencing the goodness of God in all its freedom. I'm experiencing something I never knew existed. The sorrow of confession is that we say to God, God, I am sorry for what I have done, and I confess it to you. It's almost like the little drum roll, you know, starts in the background. You hear, and it gets a little bit louder and a little bit louder the more we confess, and all of a sudden the angels, the chorus of angels begins to sing hallelujah, and God begins to dance because he realizes finally you're getting it out. Now you can live in freedom. Now you can, you can understand true reconciliation in our fellowship together. You see, God, God loves holiness because <laughs> he's all about holiness. He doesn't want deceit. He doesn't want sin. He doesn't want iniquity. He doesn't want transgressions. He wants us to confess it and be clean and realize that we're stepping into the, 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 through the door of holiness and we're stepping through those prison doors so we can go free and that we can experience restoration. It's amazing when someone tucks their head down. You almost can see it sometime in the demeanor. You know, something's wrong. You know, I was coming off the beach one day, a couple of days ago. It's hot. I'm tired, as I am today. I'm tired. And, I was, and this lady was standing up on the, uh, the walkway. And I was really th already thinking, okay, what's my day like tomorrow? I'm already concluding this day, going back. You know, it's starting to rehearse in my mind. And I, I kind of look up because I have to look up to go up the steps. And the lady's standing there with a big smile on her face. She says, don't give up. <laughs> oh, wow, I must have really been displaying something that wasn't good, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and then I got back in my vehicle, and I thought, you know, I, had, I don't think she meant anything about what I was doing. I, I believe that was just God's little word uh, to me that day to encourage me. You know, don't give up. Keep pressing on. He knows the thoughts that I've had. I mean, it's discouraging sometimes knowing that our whole church family can't get back together yet. You know, we got people scattered. There's, there's concerns over the rise and ticking cases that are happening, etc. And I understand that. Neighbors beside us are getting sick. We've seen it. We've, we see hospitals are starting to have more patients. I know it's a lot of concern, and this is on my, my heart and life as well. You know, and, and I just heard it. Don't give up. Just keep pressing on. You know, when we realize that it's not about quitting, 
It's about standing before God in freedom because we do something that God expects us to do, desires us to do, has been waiting for us to do. And then as a result of that, when we make that confession to God, God says, fine, I can give you this gift I've been waiting to give you. I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to unwrap it. And I'm just throwing it your way. And it's the gift of restoration and freedom and reconciliation. I don't know about you, but isn't it better to live in freedom? (laughs) Isn't it better to live knowing that you are restored in your fellowship with God and reconciled between your heart and God? Absolutely. Fourth of all, not only the, I mean, third of all, not only the silence of conviction and the sorrow of confession, but, but now comes the song of cleansing. The song of cleansing in verse 6 and 7 says, Therefore, let, let everyone who is faithful pray to you at a time. Realizing, you know, David's realizing that the key is falling, you know, getting in that, that posture of prayer and saying to God, God, I give you everything. And in giving you everything, I'm having conversation with the God of the universe I'm having a conversation with the God who was with Moses on, the, on Mount Sinai. I'm having a, a conversation with, with, with the God who was birthed in Bethlehem. I'm having conversation with the very God in control of the world. Powerful. And all the angels of heaven become silent when we cry out to God. We have we, our undivided attention right then and there. And we're talking with an awesome creator and an awesome God. And it becomes a song of praise because we realize that as we talk to him, we're being cleansed. He not only puts the key in the hole and turns and opens the jail cell, but he throws the key way out of the way to where it never can be found. No need to go back into those prison doors. No need to ever, ever uh, tuck your head down and, and be in the defeat of your sin because you know it's all taken away. Because God is a God who knows how to remove it as far as the east is from the west. As far as I know, the east and west never meet. It's vanished, disappears, gone, clean as white as snow. And that song of cleansing happens because we realize that our 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 rest is in Him. He becomes our our fortress. Even in the midst of trouble, the psalmist says, that He becomes our help. He becomes the person who knows how to take us from, from this spot of trouble to this place of victory. We realize that the instruction that He gives us, the counsel that He gives us is good. And we celebrate And we realize all that's there because God says, whoosh, (laughs) and a twinkling of an eye and and, and, and the brush of one millimeter of a second. It's it's, whoosh. It gives us that cleanliness cleanliness so that we can understand the the song of cleansing. Number four, not only the silence of conviction and the sorrow of confession and the song of cleansing is the shout of confidence. That's the hallelujah moment. 
It's a time where we raise our hands to God and we're, we're rejoicing that this is the day that God has created for me and I'm going to rejoice in it. This is the day that God has visited me. This is the day that I realize that I am clean. This is the day that I understand my reconciliation. This is the day that I understand I continue to live in freedom. It's the confidence that we can look at God and say, God, I know that you're with me. I know that you're holding my hand. I know that you, you're a God of holiness and you want more holiness in my life. You are a God who understands where, I, where I'm at and you understand what it's going to take to make me more in your image. It's the confidence knowing that God is with you in power, in spirit, and truth. It's the confidence to know that and it becomes a shout of, of hallelujah. Thank you, God, that you gave to me what no one else could ever give me. And it's freedom. Freedom in my relationship with you. And this is what happens in all of this. Through the conviction, through the confession, through the cleansing, and all the confidence that this is what happens. It's almost as if God is taking little pieces like a child does, and grabs a little piece of a block and puts it in one little spot and reach over and grab another. Then they'll grab something that has no, no relation to what they're doing and they start building it and they're, and, they're, and they're doing, they're kind of building something in their mind that they see as a child, even though we as adults, are, it doesn't make sense. They're, they're kind of building it. Then they tear it down and then they start it all over again. This is what happens. This is the good part about everything I've just said. This is what God, this is what God's up to in every person's life who says, God, I give you my confession. And I know that I can't do anything about the sin of my life. And I'm placing it before you because I need your cleansing. I need your healing. I need to be set free. This is what it's all about. God is rebuilding the being of who you are. Listen to me. God is rebuilding the being of who you are. God's created you in his image. Now, we know we're not talking about the outside reflective image. We're talking about the inside image. God is created for us to be in his image. And there are times to where we are just like that child and we take pieces and we start trying to, to build the being that God has already created. And it doesn't make sense because we're bringing the wrong things into our life. And it takes all that what God has created and we're distorting it a little bit because we're trying to bring in things that are not wholesome and not holy and not good. God's created us in all that holiness to be perfect with him in, in the sense of, of the term perfect of holiness in our being. And as a result, we begin to rebuild everything God has already put in place 
And when we stand before him and we say, God, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to throw all this junk out and I'm ready to be cleaned. I'm ready to be cleansed. I want to know freedom. I want to know reconciliation. I want to be restored. That's when we, he says, all right, thank you for allowing me to be God, taking what I've already created and I'm gonna rebuild everything that I have within you and I'm gonna give you a whole new DNA. I'm gonna change your mind. I'm gonna change your heart. I'm gonna give you a new passion. I'm gonna give you a new motivation. I'm going to put my spirit within you and you're going to live with me with your hands raised high in all the hallelujahs so that I know that you are understanding that this is the day that I have made just for you. So now rejoice in it. Isn't that powerful? That God knows what he's doing even though we don't? That he, he rebuilds the person we are? Every day as we place our life before him, it's like he turns the bolt a little bit more. He turns the wrench a little bit more. He's tightening a little bit more, building something a little bit greater. Every day as we make that confession, we give him our heart. He's saying, all right, got you. Got you right where I want you. Thank you for pouring your heart out to me. And he just turns that wrench a little bit more, making it into the image more and more after him. Beautiful. Now, if I'd have said that at the beginning, it may not have made as much sense as I conclude it, knowing that God is in the rebuilding process. God is the master builder. He's the, he's the project manager of your life. He's, he's ready to, to... He's already given you the great firm foundation in relationship with Him. And all along, He's... He's constantly having to remodel the house because we keep breaking some windows or locking ourselves out the door or we dirty up the place. And he's just constantly moving about in that spiritual house and remodeling it. Well, when we place our life before him all throughout the history of our life, placing our confession before him. It's like we've brought him back into the spiritual house for him to rebuild it, to remodel it, and to make it new all over again. You know, the greatest, the greatest joy and the greatest freedom that any person can have if you're outside the rim of relationship to God is by first saying to God, God, I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. And for those who are listening as well, it's just that simple that you make a confession and you say to, to God, God, I give you my heart today. And God is all about the salvation uh, experience. He's all about newness of life. He's all about freedom. And he'll breathe into you with his, with his spirit newness of life. It's just that simple. God, save me. I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for giving me new life. But it comes a time that we as Christians are constantly messing it up. Not that we're messing up salvation. That we're messing up our closeness in our, in our, our, our walk with God. And we, we, we turn the walk into a sprint away from Him. Or we, we start tumbling backward when we should be climbing forward. 
And we mess it up so tight. I do all the time. You do all the time. And it comes a time every day we place before him our heart. And we give him that confession. So will you allow the Spirit of God to rebuild your being, the person you are? Will you allow God, the Spirit of God today, to rebuild the being, the person you are? When you do, you'll be able to define for yourself freedom. Now, I wish I would have, but, you know, looking back in conversation with this one person, I, I kind of wish I'd have asked, can you define for me right now in your personal life what freedom is? After the miracle of cleansing happened, right there on that beach, I guarantee you she could have said, beforehand she would have struggled to define it. But after which she had experienced, I'm sure she would have been able to articulate it very well. God was rebuilding the being of a person he'd created right before my eyes. Beautiful. And I just watched just the whole demeanor change in her as she made that confession. Why I was included in that to be able to witness it, I have no idea, but other than the fact that it made me rejoice that God was doing something, and I, I literally wanted to dance. But I just stood still, just watching, just thinking, man, the angels of heaven are attending to this experience that is beyond belief. And God is remodeling the spiritual house and rebuilding the being. So now I apply it to my life. Is there an area in my spiritual house that I need to say, God, I need a project manager, I'm using that loosely, to come into my house, tear down some walls, and rebuild some things so that I can live in freedom? So will you allow the Spirit of God to rebuild your being, the person you are? If you do, you'll be able to articulate very well what freedom is. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are a God of freedom, a God of grace, and a God of mercy that you're a God who relishes in the fact that we, as we pour our heart, our concerns, our cares, our burdens, and our sin, that you understand and you hear everything, and there's nothing that's going to turn your face away from us. There's nothing that's going to surprise you, and there's nothing going to turn you off. But you listen as we clean out the closets of our own spiritual life. And as you breathe newness back into us, Father, we thank you for the forgiveness, the wholesomeness, the freedom and reconciliation and the, and the restoration that happens as you resurrect newness within us every day. Father, thank you for being the God that you are and allowing us to be your children. 
In your name that we pray, amen. Broken and poured out for the love of his creation, God paid a debt that he didn't know, and bearing my pain. Not one was his equal And wearing my shame So that I could know him He gave us all He had to give So that we Could truly live So let's give all We have to that we can be completely Completely free.